Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars' popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. Son of Thunder, the story of St. James the Greater. Nellie! Nellie! Yes, Henry? Yes, what is it? You haven't packed, and I'm practically finished. I'm all ready to leave. Uh, this afternoon, dear? No, not this afternoon, this morning. I've had enough of Compostela. I've done enough sightseeing all over Spain, all over Europe. I want to rest up a bit and then go back to Philadelphia. Soon, Henry, soon. Heaven knows when we'll get to Europe again, if ever. I've had enough, Nellie. I want to find a seaside hotel somewhere and sit in the sun. Just rest. No more sightseeing. Soon, dear, soon. Why not now? If we left now, we could be by the sea before lunchtime. Tomorrow. Why not today? Because we haven't seen the Shrine of Santiago. Oh, Nellie, I don't want to see the Shrine of Santiago. I'm tired. All this traveling, I've seen churches and shrines and tombs. I don't know how many I've seen. They're just one big jumble in my mind. I'm tired. I, I want to sit in the sun for a week and then go back to Philadelphia. Now, why can't we do that? We shall do that. Good. As soon as we've seen the Shrine of Santiago. Oh, why? Why must we see the Shrine of Santiago? They're all beginning to look alike. It's one of the most famous shrines in the whole world. Uh, well, why? Why is it? And why do we have to go there? I just because want to Because it's said that the remains of St. James are entombed there. Oh. The first apostle to be martyred. St. James the Greater, they called him. Hmm. Greater than whom? Or what? There was another James who was younger and was called James the Less. Yeah, well, James the Greater is not buried at the Shrine of Santiago. I read it somewhere. There's no proof he was ever in Spain, that he ever evangelized here. No proof at all. Perhaps. And perhaps not. Well, no, he never came to Spain at all. There's no proof he ever set foot in Spain. 
St. Julian of Toledo said that he never came to this country at all. St. Julian died in 690, and that was six centuries after James the Greater died. His remains could be in the Cathedral of Santiago de Compostela, and we are going there this morning. You go. I'll stay here. Oh, Henry. Don't you see, it doesn't matter whether or not St. James ever came to Spain. After all, he died in Jerusalem. He was buried in Jerusalem. But the Spaniards say that his body was transferred to Iris Flavia in what was Galicia, uh, very near here, and then later to Compostela. There's no proof. The Spaniards believe it. And in the Middle Ages, they built this beautiful shrine in his memory. This wonderful shrine we must see. I don't have to see it. No, darling. But think. Think who James was. One of the very first, after Peter, that Jesus chose to be one of his disciples. Yeah, that's true. James and his brother John. I've read the New Testament. James and John and their father Zebedee, all fishermen from the little Galilean town of Bethsaida. He saw James and John and Zebedee mending their nets. Peace be with you. You're working very hard. We are fishermen. So I see. Are you? A fisherman? Yes. In a way, I am. You know anything about mending nets? No. Then you're not a fisherman. Not as you are, no. Then as what? What are you? I am a carpenter. Then why do you call yourself a fisherman when you're not? I'm sorry. Forgive me. No, it's all right. My name is James. This is my father, Zebedee, and this is my brother, John. I know. Peter told me about you. Peter, he told you about us? Yes, and Andrew, too. Peter said you were both good men. He also told me you looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. I know who you are. You're Jesus of Nazareth. Yes. Oh, but Peter told us about you. Did he? What did he say? Well, he, he, said, he said that you found him and Andrew fishing. Near here, I think it was. Yes, not far from here. Yeah, and, and you called to them to leave what they were doing and to come with you, and you would make them fishers of men. What did it mean? Why, that all of us together could capture the souls and hearts of living men and lead them to the arms of God, where they can find rest and peace and great joy. And life everlasting. Yes, yes, that's what he said you said. Andrew said it too. And they left what they were doing and followed you. Yes, they did. And have they found it? Life everlasting and peace and joy and all that you said? Not yet. Not quite yet. The kingdom of God cannot be entered by simply knocking at the door. The Holy Spirit must enter into each of you and make you ready. The Holy Spirit? Yes. What does that mean? Everything. 
nothing to those who know it not. Well, can I know it? Yes. John, there's something... I don't know what it is, but there's something that makes me want to go with him. Yes, there is something. And James and John left their father's Zebedee and their nets and their boat and went with Jesus. Such rough men. A little like you, Henry. I'm not rough. A little. At times. Like James and John. But you're a good man, too. Well. And they were good men. And they kept their allegiance to Jesus, even when their mother objected. He is an agitator. That's all he is. He wants us to give up the old ways. Take on new ways that don't become us. That are not, not part of our tradition. His ways are not our ways. That's all there is to it. Mother, mother, listen to me. You know Peter. You mean Simon Barjona. He's called Peter now. Jesus calls him Peter. Well, his mother-in-law... I know her. I hear she's very ill and helpless now. What about her? She's not sick. She's not helpless. What are you babbling about? She's very sick, I hear. She's well. That's what we're trying to tell you. Jesus stood by her side and talked to her. I don't know what he said to her, but she looked into his eyes, and he took her by the hand, and she stood up. She walked. She's well. John and I were there when it happened. It's true, Mother. And the daughter of Jairus, she died. And Jesus knelt by her side and looked at her and touched her gently, and she opened her eyes and spoke to him. Jairus' daughter? Yes. What did she say? Oh, what does it matter? The point is she came back to life. And it was Jesus who brought her back. I, I, I believe he is the Messiah. Mother, he wants to form a community. A band of men who believe what he believes. Who will follow him and preach what he preaches. He wants us, Mother, John and me. To preach the kingdom of God. When the Holy Spirit has entered into us and made us worthy. And you want to follow this man. Leave your mother and follow him. Yes, We mean to go, Mother. That's right, Mother. We mean to follow him and learn from him. And help him bring all men into the kingdom of God. What is this town? Who are these people? Yes, what? Who, that they should decide who is to talk of God and who is not to talk of God? It is a town. And they are people. Samaritans! Yes, Samaritans. It has nothing at all to do with whether they are Samaritans or not. There are those among them whose minds are closed to anything they have not already heard. But you have preached in other places in Samaria. Yes. Their God had touched their hearts, and they permitted me. I'm not sure they approved of everything I said, but they listened. Then why not this town? I've told you. You know what you should do, don't you? No. What should I do? 
Call down fire and brimstone to destroy them. Yes, yes. Burn their village to the ground. And all the people in it. Yes. James, John, my well-loved disciples, do you know what I should call you? What? You are sons of thunder. You think first of doing violence. You rage. You storm. You send out jagged flashes of lightning. Yes, your name should be Sons of Thunder. We are rough and crude, but it's because we believe in you. That's the only reason. No, it is because you do not yet know what you are. We know. No, not yet. When you have been my disciples a little longer, if you stay with me a little longer... Forever! We are committed forever! We shall see... But when you have found your true spirit, when you truly believe what I am trying to teach you, you will know that the Son of Man came not to destroy souls, but to save them. Save these Samaritans? Save them? All men. All. Meekness, patience, humility. Meekness? Meekness. It's hard, isn't it? I know. For such sons of thunder, it's hard to understand meekness, patience, humility. But one day, perhaps. You tell the story very well, Nellie, but all the same... And patience. Patience, my dear. Let me finish... Uh, don't be a son of thunder. <laughs> well, they, they they stuck with him, though, Nellie. These two, James and John, were with him in the Garden of Gethsemane, along with Peter. They stuck by him. I know that much. And he loved them, though they tried his patience time after time after time. Mm. And not just James and John. Their mother, too. You are the man who has enticed my sons away from me. Have I done that? You're all they talk about. They are never home. They are always with you. And I never know where that is. We travel around very much. That's true. Doesn't your mother worry about you? I think she does. And you don't care? There are some who don't like you, you know. I do know. And you don't care that your mother worries? I must preach the kingdom of God. God's love for man. And how we must love him in return. I must do this. If my mother worries for me, but is patient and believes in the kingdom of God, the only kingdom which will live forever, and her tears, her nights without sleep, her fretful days. These are all sacrifices which she makes for the kingdom of heaven. This kingdom that will last forever. Will my sons be a part of it? I hope so. When you have set up this kingdom, what reward will you give to my sons? Reward? Surely they deserve something for what they have done. Surely they will receive something. They are, they are good men. What will they receive? What will you give them? 
What they will receive, they will receive from my Father in heaven, not from me. You know I don't mean that. I mean, will they be important? Important? Will they be the ones, you know, closest to you? If you can promise me that. I can promise you nothing. Then why? Why? Why are they doing all this, following you about? My husband, Zebedee, he's as confused as I am. Why do they leave all the work to their father just to follow you about the countryside? Who are you that they should forsake everything for you? I I cannot understand a word you say. I know. And I'm sorry. Go home. I will talk to your sons. Believe me, I will. They will be free to return to you at any time. Whenever they want to. She had no right to come to you. It's none of her concern. She had a right Anyone has a right to question and to try to find answers. But if your mother thinks that I am here to set up a temporal kingdom, to rule over a piece of earth, then there is no way to make her understand that the kingdom I speak of, the kingdom I want to lead men into, is not of this earth at all. It is within men's hearts. I'll tell her to stay away from you. No. No, I do not think you should do that. She's ambitious for you. That is no more than a part of being a mother. But if you can try to make her understand that the kingdom of God is not attained by ambition, but by humility, we'll try. It won't be easy. Because you do not quite believe it yourselves as yet. Is that not so? I believe. Do you? I, I... I try to believe. But you do not quite believe. Not entirely. I, I try. Do not try so hard. Let the Holy Spirit find you tranquil, receptive, your heart ready to be moved by compassion for all men. Humble to hear God's words. Anxious to receive God's love so that you may return it. The Holy Spirit is drawn irresistibly to such a heart. Only be still and wait. Yes, Lord. You know we would do anything for you. I counsel only that you be at peace with yourselves and wait. We are willing to do anything for your sake. Even to suffer? Can you drink of the cup of suffering for my sake? Yes, of course we can. we can. It will come. Make no mistake, the suffering will come. You shall have your portion of it, even as I. And the only rewards you will receive will be in proportion to the patience and charity with which you embrace your suffering. For you, Lord, anything, 
I have not come to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give my life to redeem many lives. Do you think they understood him, Nellie? Uh, do you think they ever really understood what he was telling them? I know he loved them, and he turned to them when things were most difficult. Mm. And after our Lord's death and resurrection, James spread the gospel. So no one knows just where he preached. Mm. No one has written about it. Six centuries later, someone wrote that he had been here in Spain, but no one knows for sure. Well, he might have been here. But we know that he died in Jerusalem, the first of the twelve apostles to suffer martyrdom. Under Herod Agrippa I, in the year 44, Herod Agrippa started a persecution of the Christians. The great historian Eusebius, bishop of Caesarea, wrote all about it. And how the man who accused James to Herod Agrippa sat through the whole trial watching James, the very man who had denounced him to the authorities, could not stay away from the trial, and was there when James was condemned to be beheaded. On the way to the scaffold, the accuser was in the crowd, and when he saw James walking so quietly, but so proudly, to the executioner's block, he ran up to him. James, James, son of Zebedee, let me speak to you. Yes? Do you know who I am? I've seen your face before. In the courtroom. Yes, I remember. You were there every day, weren't you? I had to be. Why? I couldn't stay away. <laughs> That's a good enough reason. How can you laugh? What would you have me do? You are going to die. Yes. And you can laugh. I'm happy to have the opportunity. I'm grateful to you. You don't know what you're saying. But I am grateful you to you. You don't know what man you're talking to. I know that you were probably the last man I shall talk to on this earth. Oh, horrible, horrible. Can I help you in some way? You help me? If in these last minutes I can ease your burden in any way at all, it would give me pleasure. It would be pleasing in the sight of God. And so it would be a pleasure for me. Listen, you fool. I am the man who denounced you. Are you? I told them you were a Christian. I am a Christian. You told them the truth. I told them you went about preaching. I did? Preaching Christianity. What else should I preach? I am an apostle of Jesus Christ. I have spent all my years since he died preaching the word for which he died. And now you are going to die. Yes. What have I done? What have I done? Are you distressed because you told the truth? I could have kept silent. Yes, you could have done that. I wish I had or become a Christian. 
That would have been even better. For you, for everyone. But I didn't. I didn't keep silent or become a Christian. Oh, I sent the good man to his death. Oh, no, to his life. I'm going to a life more real, more beautiful, more serene than anything on this earth could ever be. You do not hate me. I've no reason to hate you. You are an extraordinary man. No, not extraordinary at all. Your humility, your patience, your kindness to me, to everyone, even your persecutors, I've never seen anything like it. I hope what you say is true, that I have charity and patience and forbearance. You know it's true. When I was younger, it was not at all true. Do you know what Jesus used to call me? A son of thunder. I raged, I stormed, I ranted. I could not bear it if everyone did not do or believe as I thought he should. It's so hard to believe that Jesus Christ could have changed me so. Yes, I can scarcely believe it myself. This is the last minute we shall be together, so let me tell you what Jesus said to me. He said, Be quiet, be tranquil, keep your heart open and ready to receive the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit is drawn irresistibly to the heart that is waiting to receive him. Be still and wait. He will come. We are here. Yes. Goodbye, my friend. You call me friend? You are my friend. Here, take my hand before I mount the scaffold. I must go now. God be with you. Wait! Wait! Take me! Take me too! I am a Christian! I believe in Christ our Lord! Take me! Take me! Take me! They did, you know. He was beheaded that day along with James. Hmm. Uh, Nellie, you really want to go to the Shrine of Santiago this morning, don't you? Oh, yes, dear, I do. Very much. So, what difference does it make whether James ever came to Spain or not? For that matter, what difference if his remains are buried in the cathedral? We'll go to the Shrine of Santiago together, this morning. After all, I wouldn't want you to think I was... What did Jesus call James? A son of thunder? Yes, a son of thunder. (laughs) Come on, we'll go to the Shrine of Santiago together. 
I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen.